This week's special listener Q&A mailbag edition of the Life Amplified podcast is brought to you by Life Amplified Live. It's a -a one-of-a-kind immersive coaching event designed to help you take back control of your life, thrive in your purpose, and overcome any limitation. It's happening November 20th through 22nd, right in the privacy of your own living room. I'm going to be your personal coach and mentor for three days, helping you tune out the noise of the outside world so we can refocus on you and building your next level of success, fulfillment, and happiness in 2021. Why Life Amplified Live and how will it change your life? Well, because quite honestly, earlier this year at the beginning of the pandemic, I did a multi-day online training uh, designed to help people get unstuck and move forward. And I can tell you, it's one of the most gratifying things I've ever done as a coach. The attendees of that seminar have gone on to create massive results. We're talking brand new careers, new businesses launched, record income, epic soulmate relationships, and a newfound sense of inner peace, yes, even in the middle of the 2020 show that we've all lived through. And I know that you can create the same results in your life. Who is Life Amplified Live for? If the pandemic and the political season have left you a little emotionally exhausted, this event is going to help you refocus, re-energize, and renew. If you long to make an impact doing what you love and you feel a sense of urgency to do it right now, this event will change your life. If you want to get clear about your purpose and you want me to help you create an actual purpose statement for your life, I've got you. If you want to snap out of the 2020 funk and show up as the most present, vibrant, lit up version of yourself for the people that you serve as well as your friends and family, Life Amplified Live is for you. And if you're a person that has a big dream for your next level, but there's been something blocking you from taking action, you're going to leave this event fully unstuck and ready to take the leap. No recorded modules, no worksheets, me and you working hand in hand for three full days to create your next level of success, happiness, and fulfillment. Get your tickets right now by going to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net, or click the link right here in the show notes. I will see you November 20th at Life Amplified Live. And now, episode 123 our listener Q&A mailbag. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. I'm loving all the engagement I've been getting on Instagram. Thank you so much for all the questions that you've been DMing in response to uh, all the new episodes that we've been putting out over the past couple months. Uh, Also, lots of questions coming in through my website at Creative Soul Coaching and Engagements, even in our Life Amplified Power Tribe, our private community on Facebook. 
Uh, and I, some of the questions that I've noticed are just so specific and relevant to this season of our lives. Dealing with all the fallout from a contentious political season and dealing with a lot of uncertainty about the road ahead, just about our careers, our lives, the pandemic, the vaccines. Uh, so I know that these questions that have been coming in have been on a lot of people's minds. So uh, stick around. I think you're going to get so much value out of this week's Q&A mailbag. And by the way, if you're loving these episodes, this is something we can do more often. So you can always reach out to me directly uh, with questions for future episodes. Just hit me up, slide into my DMs, CSC Dan Mason on Instagram. I want to start out with a question today from Mickey who says, Dan, I'm seeking your guidance. I am floored at the amount of people I have unfriended and unfollowed on Facebook who do not share my political beliefs. I feel terrified for my family right now because of the climate of our country. My question is, what can I do to help heal myself? I can't keep deleting the offensive messages until only like-minded people are in my life. However, I don't want to keep the ugly in my life either. I'm so heartbroken over what's happening. How can I handle the insanity? Warmly, Mickey. First of all, I love the vulnerability and the honesty. If we keep just deleting every person out of our life who does not fully agree with us, uh, the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And, And Mickey, the first thing that really stood out for me was the line that said, I feel terrified for my family right now because of the climate of our country. Now, there is one school of thought out there in the self-help community uh, where people will tell you, well, you can't mix friendship and politics, or you can't mix family and politics. You should just avoid the discussions altogether. And the thing that I really disagree with about that advice is how are we going to ever come together if we can't have respectful disagreements about the future path of our country? Creating more division and separation and shutting people out completely because of their political beliefs, that just creates more division. But Mickey shared something really interesting in her email where she said she's terrified for the safety of her family. I want to fill you in on a study that was published in the European Journal of Social Psychology that was led by some researchers at Yale University, and they found that a desire to feel safe is the motor that drives everybody's political beliefs. And that if you can make someone else feel safe, that is the path to actually change his or her political opinions. So I'll tell you how they came to this conclusion. They took volunteers in a study and they divided them into two groups. They told one group to imagine a situation where they had one of two superpowers. One group was told that they could imagine that they could fly on their own. The other group was told to imagine that they could be completely physically safe. Now, the group who pictured themselves flying felt more vulnerable to threat. And when they responded to questions about their political beliefs, those who had expressed more conservative beliefs stayed attached to their conservative point of view. The people who felt more attached to liberal policies and attitudes actually moved closer to a conservative perspective. On the other hand, the people who felt safer, the ones who had imagined themselves being completely physically safe, actually became more aligned with a more liberal position. 
Now, the same researchers had done earlier studies, and I'll tell you about this one, uh, and it was a nationwide study. Participants were first reminded about the threat of the flu virus, and then they were asked questions that measured their attitudes toward immigration. Then the participants were asked whether or not they had gotten a flu shot. The people who had not gotten a flu shot were more negative about immigration. And on the other end of the spectrum, those who had already been vaccinated expressed more positive views about immigration. So the researchers' whole theory here is that a sense of safety actually leads to a more liberal or tolerant feeling about immigration, while if there was any sense of potential threat, it led to a more conservative or negative feeling about immigration. And if all this seems out there, I'll give you a third study that these same researchers did. And this one, simply having participants use hand sanitizer during a flu epidemic made them more tolerant of immigration policies. So when you look at all this information, there was no actual reassurance taking place. It was just one action that could, could even be imagined, not even real, led to a sense of security and a shift in political thinking. Now, what I would encourage you to do is to go back and listen to the episode that I did earlier this year called The Science of Getting Unstuck. We did a deep dive into your nervous system, and we talked about polyvagal theory. But long story short, our nervous systems are primed and optimized to thrive and to allow us to succeed when we have social cues of safety, when there are safe relationships with other people. So what causes so much division within the political landscape? Hey, look, I'm not a political scientist, but just from my perspective, there is such a belief among people that somebody else's safety, the safety of another group, takes away my safety, right? And that creates the division, right? And at the end of the day, what we really want to step into from a spiritual perspective is creating an environment where everybody feels safe. Now, how do we create collective safety as a nation? That's a little bit above my pay grade. I'm not a policymaker, but I would tell you that safety begins within you, Mickey. So one of the questions that I would ask you to consider is what is it about the expression of differences or you expressing differences than, you know, your more liberal or conservative friends that feels unsafe? Because this is where we get heavy into your attachment issues and your attachment trauma. What was the environment for you growing up at home when you expressed a difference of opinion than your caregivers? Was it met with threat? Was it met with uh, punishment? Sometimes it could be met with physical harm or at the very least a withdrawal of emotional love. So many of us just sort of carry these attachment trauma beliefs that say, if I truly express who I am, if I express what's in my heart and people don't agree with it, therefore I will be rejected, I will be unloved, and I can't feel safe. So one of the best things that you can do is to respectfully speak about what's true for you, do it with love, without making your family members wrong. And allow that space for disagreement if need be. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to get on board with how you feel, but but expressing yourself in a secure attachment style with somebody would be talking less about why their candidate is wrong or why the issue is wrong, but talking more about yourself, how the policy differences affect you. 
For instance, if you are a woman who is concerned about reproductive rights, if you are a woman who is concerned about women making 70 cents on the dollar to a man, it really explaining what that impact has been on your life without name calling, without belittling the other side, then at that point, if you're just speaking up about you and what's true for you, nobody can ever tell you that you're wrong. The problem is, is mostly we just share articles on Facebook. And look, I've done this over the past four years where I'm like, you know, how can you defend this? And you're sort of attacking the other side for their beliefs. But once you realize that the one thing we're all looking for at the end of the day is safety, the question becomes, how do you create that in your interpersonal relationships? I'll give you one more quick point on this. There is the work of a psychiatrist by the name of Leston Havens, who was known for uh, doing empathic work with psychotic patients. And he would never pathologize or diagnose these people. But one of his techniques was to move his chair as a practitioner so that he sat beside the client rather than facing them. And the idea was, as somebody was having a psychotic episode, a person can be uncomfortable being looked at or looking at another person, but really sitting beside the patient conveyed a feeling that they weren't on opposite sides of the room. It created some social cues of safety. So what we have to really begin to do with our friends, with our family, with our loved ones, is figure out how to metaphorically sit beside them on the same side of the room and express your truth, your experience with love without attacking the other side. It's very difficult to do. There's many times of the, the course of this election season where I felt triggered by conversations with family, especially I'm the only person in the family that voted the way I voted in this election. And I would catch myself wanting to control or change other people. But what I eventually realized is the only thing that I can control are two things. Number one, the meaning that I'm assigning when people don't agree with me. What meaning am I giving it? Because meaning controls emotion. And number two, understanding that I can't control somebody's response when I share my views or share what's true for me, but I am 100% responsible to control my response to their response, if that makes any sense. So, you know, a little outside the box, a little research there that I don't think has really been discussed much uh, when you see the surface level stories about what do you do with people who disagree with you. But I hope that that serves you and it's just a gift from my heart to yours. The next question comes from Christine. She says, Dan, how do I protect my joy? Let's say I generate it using the strategies you've shared on the podcast, but I'm getting beat over the head with bad news throughout the day and or hit with stressful situations. Each time I get to a really joyful place, I feel like it's being challenged, almost as if the universe is testing me to see if I will fight to stay joyful. I'm curious if you've experienced this or if it's just my perception or if it just feels this way because of a situation like COVID, we're getting more bad news due to the circumstances. Love the question, Christine. Appreciate you listening. Uh, let me throw this out there. One of the biggest things that I hear a lot in personal development is, oh, the universe is testing me, Dan. Uh, the universe is not a school teacher. The universe is not a moody parent. The universe is just is. 
And when you understand the law of attraction, whatever you're experiencing in your life, it's not that you're being tested by the universe as much as the universe is reflecting you. If there is a part of you, as you said here in your email, that believes you have to fight to stay joyful, that intention of looking for a fight, looking for conflict, will be reflected back to you. You will find reason for conflict or for bad news in your day-to-day life. When it comes to protecting your joy, that is 100% your responsibility. Now, there are ways that you can do that. And by the way, we did a podcast earlier this year on how you can create more joy. You can go back and listen to that. There are practical strategies. You can limit your intake to the news. I've said it before here on the podcast. Most of what masquerades on the 24-hour news networks is not news. It's about 0.5% news and then a bunch of talking heads giving their opinion about the news and being in argument and conflict because that's what generates ratings. And in terms of this idea of we're getting more bad news than normal, I would challenge you and just ask, are you getting as much bad news as you're expecting or as you're looking for? Because look, I'm not Pollyanna here. I realize that we live in a year where nearly a quarter of a million people have died because of this pandemic. And there has been tragedy that has happened this year. And I also believe that much of it was avoidable. But I'll tell you, this has also been a year where there's been tremendous beauty if you look for it. Uh, My friend Jeanette Schneider, who has been on this podcast, I want to shout her out. She made a post on Instagram that I thought was so touching. She talked about life pre-COVID when she was grinding and hustling and, and, you know, spent all these years traveling and building a successful career in the financial world. She believed at that time that she was showing her daughter what a strong, successful mom could do. And what she realized as we got into COVID is that, What she was really doing was just missing a lot of milestone moments and really just creating like this collection of airport stuffed toys she was bringing home for her daughter in lieu of that full connection and presence. And one of the things that she's been able to commit to during the work from home culture is just being a really present mom. And she shared this story about her, how her daughter looked at her the other day and she said, you work a lot, but you love me more than your work. And how incredible is that to hear that from a 10-year-old kid as a parent? There's a moment of beauty that's happened because of the chaos, but you have to look for those stories. I've given you plenty of stories here over the past couple months interviewing some of my clients who've taken the air quotes bad news of living through a pandemic, but have used it to go within and reevaluate their life and create brand new careers, create new businesses create record income in their life. So really tying into that first question that Mickey shared a little bit earlier is the number one most powerful question that you can ask yourself on a day-to-day basis just to navigate the highs and lows in life is what am I making this mean? Your context, your interpretation is everything. And if you can find a context that empowers you, That's 75% of the battle. You know, what does it say in the Bible? Seek and ye shall find. And, you know, it's more than just, you know, a great quote (laughs) that looks good on a piece of paper. It's a really powerful way of living your life. The things that you look for, uh, what you look for is what you find. So you might as well look 
for the good in life rather than just focusing solely on the bad. Now, that doesn't mean that we ignore the problems of the world. There are people who've used this past year uh, as a time of tremendous political activism. They have acknowledged what's not working, but fueled themselves or allowed that conflict to fuel them to being part of the solution, which you could also argue is a really empowering, awesome outcome. But your joy is not attached to an external result. Your joy is 100% in your control all the time. And if you have some subconscious beliefs or some old trauma patterns uh, where the ego is going back to the story of, oh, here we go again, more of this, because of your interpretation of the past experiences of your life, you will generally relive and recreate those throughout adulthood. Uh, That brings me to the next question from Marie. Speaking of all these trauma patterns and and so much of the coaching we've done on this podcast is very trauma-informed when we help you break through, Marie just asked a simple question, Dan, how do I know when I've fully healed? I have a goal to leave my soul-sucking job in the next six months, but old trauma patterns of procrastination and perfectionism are keeping me stuck. How can I heal and move on? I'll tell you, this is one of my big takeaways from my life in 2020. You know, we talk about acknowledging and healing old trauma patterns, but there is a downside to that, especially for somebody like Marie, who's acknowledged a pattern of perfectionism, is when we go on a personal growth path, it's almost like we want to perfectly master personal development and we want to be the best at it. So what many people will use as an excuse to keep them from moving forward in the direction of a new goal is to continually look for something else that's broken within them or something else that they have to fix. And I saw a quote from uh, my buddy Nick Tilia, who's also a coach. Uh, he's been on this podcast way back at the beginning. He has an amazing story. But, you know, he had a quote on Facebook recently that said, life is not meant to be an endless process of healing. And I know that that might sound a little counterintuitive to what we've talked about here on the podcast. It's the yin and yang that what we're really here for is to operate from a place of creation to operate from a place of joy and expansion as we step into our purpose. Now, before we can move in the direction of where we want to go, from a coaching perspective, you and I have to look at what's keeping you stuck, what's getting in the way of you moving in that direction. And we can acknowledge it, but understand that air quotes here, perfectly healing the old trauma pattern of not feeling good enough or not feeling ready or being afraid of rejection. The way that you heal it is to get started and take new action. You don't sit there and intellectualize it and stew over it and try to think your way through the problem more until God comes down riding a magic unicorn and and says, you are healed. Now you have permission to move forward. It's actually the healing is the result of doing the things that scare you and facing the fears, facing the old trigger of uh, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of not getting it right on the first try. And as you do the thing that scares you, It's what's known as pattern exhaustion. All of a sudden, the things that you're scared of begin to have less power over you. I don't know if you ever get to a point where you are perfectly healed and you're never triggered ever again, 
But what does happen as you work and, and do your trauma work with a coach and then start to move in the direction of your purpose is a couple things will happen. Number one, when you do get triggered, it happens less often. It's not as intense when you go through it. If the trigger sends you into like a, a level 10 emotional anxiety, maybe you're only at a six and a half right? So it's not as intense. And third, it doesn't happen as long. There are times when we end up in the trigger or we get paralyzed by fear and we never take action. All of a sudden, a week goes by, a month goes by, six months go by, and we've just stalled. Nothing has changed, right? Uh, What happens as you know that you're healing is what might have knocked you off track for a month knocks you off track for a day, or it knocks you off track for five hours and you learn to self-regulate, you learn to calm yourself, uh, to regroup, and to take the next right step forward. So let us not fall into a pattern of thinking that we are just broken and that there's something else to fix before we can get started. You are divinely and perfectly created by your higher power that specifically created you to live your purpose and to make it real here on earth. There is nothing within you, nothing that you have done that could make you unworthy of the love of the universe and the support of the universe. We live in a universe that specializes in redemption. So there is nothing within you that's broken that needs to be fixed. Now, you have patterns of behavior that need to be improved on. You might be people-pleasing. You might put yourself last. You might be stuck in procrastination or perfectionism. You might be a person who's playing small. You might be a person where addiction is getting in the way for you. Uh, Look, I could sit here and do a whole episode giving you like a laundry list of 40 patterns that get in the way, but that's all you need to improve. And, And personal growth becomes so less daunting when you look at it this way because you can't change who you are if you tried. That's just overwhelming that's stressful, that comes with a lot of shame and guilt. But changing a pattern, we can do that really quickly in the right environment and with the right mentorship in your corner. Stop waiting to be perfectly healed and just take the next right step in front of you. And make sure that you have some support to do it so that you're not falling into those isolation patterns of trying to figure things out on your own. Nobody is a self-made person. We all need support to get to the next level. So, oh, well, that's all the time that we have for questions this week. I had a couple more, but we will save them for the next mailbag. If you have some other questions you'd like to add to that, uh, you can always just slide into my DMs up on Insta, or you can uh, tweet at me also, at CSC Dan Mason is where you find me. And if you'd like to do some deep dive immersive work with me for three days, me, you, and an inspiring community of like-minded badasses like you, Life Amplified Live is coming uh, November 20th through 22nd, three full days of immersion, breakthroughs, aha moments, and really leaving with a blueprint for your next level 
in 2021. I'm so excited about this. The last time we did one of these multi-day trainings, it was epic. I know lives were changed, and I'm so excited to create this for you. You can reserve your tickets right now. Go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net, or you can click the link here to the website in the show notes, and uh, we'll get you all set up and get your tickets reserved for that. Uh, Also, if you're looking for a more personalized experience for one-on-one coaching, I do have some spots open. Now is the perfect time, right? Why wait until January 1? Why not just enter the new year with momentum, with wind at your back, with total clarity about your path forward? Uh, So you can go to my website and fill out a coaching application there as well. Thank you so much for spending this time with me this week. It is an honor to serve you. From my heart to yours, I love you. I'm so excited to work with you at Life Amplified Live. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.